Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Bankowski and on today's episode we are going to discuss a pretty wild week in roster and organization related news in the Call of Duty League. Uh, we got roster changes, expired trademarks, that wasn't something I was planning to see anytime soon, uh, possible mergers, everything basically you could ask for in one week's time after the Call of Duty League's uh, 2021 season ends. Uh, but before we talk about all of that, let's check in with the Barry Bonds of the Connecticut Adult Men's Softball League, Justin Binkowski. How are you doing, Bink? I'm doing all right. Ready to get this show on the road. Yep. Let's get right into it. We'll just we'll go in chronological order. Kind of, uh, you know, we we found out about the Seattle Surge dropping their roster during Champs last weekend. Uh, so that kind of unofficially kicked off roster mania because the season hadn't even finished yet and an entire team and coaching staff had been wiped. Um, so Seattle, they dropped everybody on their roster. They also dropped Nubsy, their head coach, uh, and they were uh, pretty, uh, at least Octane and Nubsy were especially critical of the management for the surge, um, basically saying that they had no idea what they were doing and you know, they didn't seem too phased by um, by not being with the surge organization. Um, but we don't really need to talk all that much about that because, uh, you know, we did touch on it last week in episode 26. Um, and we also just kind of were giving like a preview of what was uh, to come in Roster Mania. But I wasn't expecting this much in one week. Uh, we start... We really start with Paris, which is no surprise. Uh, Paris, uh, um, similarly to Seattle, they did not qualify for champs this year. They were one of those four teams that did not um, get to go to uh, the World Championship Tournament. They drop all of their players as well. Um, everybody on their roster has been released. Um, but, you know, I didn't really see that as a big surprise. It's not really clear if Theory, their head coach, is staying. I he didn't tweet anything about it, and he still has, you know, the the Paris Legion stuff in his his Twitter account. So I'm not sure what to think about that. Um, I guess before we get into this trademark stuff, what did you think of Paris uh, completely wiping out their roster? Did you think it was salvageable at all with any of the the players that they had picked up this season? Um. So like you, I was pretty surprised that you know like you hinted at before we actually got into it i was kind of surprised uh we saw this much happen so quickly uh, into the off-season period here um a fun story for our listeners um i actually decided to go hang out with my cousin this past weekend uh, and leave my house for the first time in months outside of just like playing softball, but like actually like travel somewhere just to go hang out. Um, and that's apparently the reason why we got all this news. And it only makes sense that it all dropped when I was not available. So uh, makes sense in that regard. And I just thought it was kind of ironic. But um, to answer your question, with the final roster we saw from. Paris. I don't know if they they really had anything to build around. Um, it it kind of felt like at that point they were trying multiple different lineups and different like combination of roles within the lineups, and 
you know, they did tie for last place in the league, so a uh, full wipe kind of makes sense. Um, the only thing, I know we talked about it briefly earlier in other episodes, but um, the one thing that Paris could have done if they wanted to, like, not completely wipe the slate clean was, uh, like, potentially keep fire on and, you know, retain him moving into Vanguard. Obviously, that, you know, months ago they decided to not, they didn't just, like, bench him, they just straight up released him from uh, the organization. So that's not something that, that's clearly something they didn't envision doing for the future. Um, But that, like, if that's something, like, if, if they saw potential in him and they wanted to keep him around to see if he could, you know, kind of bounce back in Vanguard or whatever, uh, that could have been a route they went down, but obviously uh, that's not not the case. And we're going to see a completely uh, new Paris lineup next year, potentially under a new organization. I don't really know. Yeah, so um, this trademark stuff, It, I mean, obviously neither of us are, you know, well-versed in, in trademark and uh, copyrights or anything. I mean, I... I remember kind of looking up trademarks when the the Call of Duty League was just beginning and we were trying to find out all of these franchises names and the logos and everything. I remember looking, you know, trademarks up at that time. Uh but I really haven't done anything else since then. Um but our boy Crone at Intel Call of Duty on Twitter, um he he tweeted on August 29th, so that would have been Sunday. Um that the Paris Legion uh, trademark for uh, their logo and as well as their, you know, the actual name of the Paris Legion, the trademark had been abandoned um, as of July 5th, 2021. So that that's nearly three months ago. Um, it just kind of slipped under the radar, I guess. Um, I didn't really know what to make of this. And then I, I looked at um, Roger Quiles. We've, we've worked, um, I've like went to him for like a legal uh, advice in terms of like asking him about uh, you know player contracts and what what uh, certain things can mean he is a content uh, creation attorney um, he deals with a lot of um, legal issues within esports he tweeted um, he, he actually quote tweeted Crone's tweet and said there's been widespread speculation that this means Paris is leaving the league this doesn't mean that at all the several Paris Legion trademarks not patents were abandoned because paperwork wasn't filed on time nothing more than that um, so you know he's a lawyer he's not gonna jump to like these conclusions without having some kind of basis in reality so we don't really know if this is the end of the Paris Legion uh, it could be I guess like um, Paris has been really one of the the worst performing teams uh, at least this season they did show some promise last season but um, definitely one of the most um, uh, or I guess not most unpopular but least popular teams in the league based on like social media and viewership so um, it wouldn't be as big of a surprise as other teams uh, what do you think of this um, I mean this is pretty out of left field at least in my opinion yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Roger's tweet because I honestly didn't see that before. And, you know, like you said before that, we, we obviously aren't experts in this kind of thing to begin with. So uh, we really don't know what it means. It's just like an interesting tidbit Crone dug up uh, and it makes you wonder what's going on over there with Paris. Um, 
I, I guess the bigger question is, uh, and I don't know if you want to do this now or after we get through all the roster stuff, but uh, w- what kind of direction do you think Paris could potentially go in next year, regardless of whether it's the current organization or, you know, a new organization taking over the franchise spot? I think we get into it now. Um, as far as players... I think it's really difficult for them. We've talked about, I think we talked about this maybe when they were officially eliminated from contention for champs. Um, I remember talking about how they are at a disadvantage because, you know, and obviously their headquarters, you know, like no team is basically in their headquarters other than like LAG and like, you know, the Empire because they're in Dallas. Like most of those other teams don't require their players and you know their support staff to live in the city so you know aqua and temp and all of them they didn't live in paris and even the last uh last season's roster with uh dens and um not dylan but like the the paris region uh paris legion roster from last season they didn't live in paris either so they don't really have a connection to their home city which is a disadvantage in my opinion and considering how poorly they have performed over the last two seasons and they don't really have any you know like recognizable content creator or you know theory is well known within competitive call of duty but it's not the same as like saying have rambo ray uh on you know on your coaching staff so i think they're at a major disadvantage um i'd like to hear what you think you know what can paris um who was one of the worst teams this year and doesn't really have the clout of say optic or empire or thieves what can they do to become a competitive team in the cdo i personally think if it's the same organization uh behind the franchise heading into this year uh just from the outside looking in and from rumors that we've heard and stuff it doesn't seem like uh, they're the type of org to want to like make a big splash in free agency, and if that's the case, I think the best course of action for Paris is to embrace that, you know, Paris identity of the fact that they're the French team in the Call of Duty League. Like, they 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 have that going for them if they actually can tap into it. Um, and you know, we've seen French players like Whalers and Brezzi, obviously Hydra really good French player and if you know they could have locked him up uh before this past year they could have you know they had a could have had a cornerstone piece to build around for years to come. Uh obviously that doesn't happen now. Um so they might have to look elsewhere uh in terms of French players if they want to go down that route. Um and I know we we've seen, you know, French teams in the CWL and competitive COD in the past not necessarily perform the best. But just just from a fan and engagement uh, interaction, if if the org isn't in a position where it, it wants to, you know, spend a lot of money to build around, you know, some of these high name, big big name, high paying free agents, um, that's one possible option I could see them going for, is uh, building around some of these amateur Europeans or in particular French players to try and, you know, build a fan base that way. Uh, do I think if they go down that route, they'll, you know, be contending with Atlanta phase immediately? No, but I think that that's something that the team could try to 
you know, like, like I've said, help build their identity, create a fan base, and, you know, like, get, give people a reason to tune into the, those Paris matches beyond just, you know, seeing, like, Atlanta phase versus Paris and it being, up. Oh, Atlanta's got this one. You know, friend, it might give French fans who might not necessarily tune into uh, the CDL, it might give them a reason to tune in. But again, that's just pure speculation. Don't really know for sure what Paris has up their sleeves, uh, but that's just one idea I have. I think it's a good idea. Um, I'm not sure, you know, other than Brezzi and Hydra and Whalers, like those are the guys that pop in my mind um, uh, as like those French players that are pretty well known. They're at least well known by like the American viewers. Um, and Hydra, he's, you know, he was one of the best, uh, you know, other than Insight, he probably would have won Rookie of the Year if that was a real award. And, like, in our minds, he was one of the best players and most impactful players uh, as soon as he came into the subliner starting lineup. So um, he's a player that I don't know if Paris had, had him on their radar and kind of let him slip through, or it's just not really a... A thought in their mind um, to focus on the French region because you know you you've been watching competitive cod a long time and following the scene and I've been following it not as long as you but you know over eight years now and the French scene is not insignificant like there is a very vocal fan base in in France like the the French speaking fan base in Call of Duty is um, something that should be focused on, especially when you're a team that, no offense, is pretty trash. Like, there's really no other way to say it. Like, this team hasn't been competitive in terms of gameplay, and they really aren't competing for these players. Like, for they're not competing, like, uh, you know, we'll talk about it later, but some of the players that are now restricted free agents, no one even thinks that Paris will put in a good enough offer to get any of those top tier players onto their team. So like you said, it needs, there needs to, like, if you can't beat them, you have to do something else. You have to offer an alternative. You can't just try to say, well, we're just going to get less talented players from America. So we're going to alienate our French uh, fan base. And we're also really not going to expand in America because our players are not popular enough or good enough to compete in the Call of Duty League. So I think it's 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 a really tough spot for them, but this is a spot that they had to have known that they were entering when they got involved. They knew they were buying the Paris spot. You know, this is, I believe, the same organization that owns the uh, Paris Eternal, which is the Overwatch League team. I'm almost sure that's a the same exact ownership group so it's not like they are unaware of you know the the fan base that they would have to tap into it's just they haven't done that and i'm not really sure why it's worth mentioning just real quick that brezzi was a part of the paris legion like that inaugural roster last year and he never played um I, if I remember correctly, Paris was like one of the only teams that didn't make a roster change during the MW season. I'm trying to think back, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, might be missing something that I'm overthinking, but 
Um, regardless, they had, I, I remember they had Phantoms and Brezzy both signed uh, to the teams of substitutes. They never got brought in, but it's particularly worth noting Brezzy was on that team, you know, so they had uh, a French player signed the first year and he never got a shot to play. So uh, j- just, you know, to counter the point we were just talking about, the organization has had a French player, just never actually used it. So that might not be a top priority for them. I don't know. We'll have to find out as the offseason progresses. Yeah, that's um, it's unfortunate because Brezzi was a uh, kind of, you know, in Black Ops 4, I believe, he looked like kind of like a budding star. He was on that Elevate roster, and it, it appeared as if that team could actually become, or at least he could become, you know, a, a regular mainstay in the CWL. Um, he didn't play in the CDL this year. Uh, you know, I mean, that's not too much of a shot considering... Like you said, he never got to play in the CDL last season, and rosters were reduced in size uh, from last season to this season, so there were fewer opportunities for him to kind of get into the CDL and stay in the CDL. Um, uh, I don't think we need to talk too much more about Paris because, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Where do they want to go? Will Paris be a team this, you know, by the beginning of the 2022 season will they sell their spot or rebrand or something who knows um it should be an interesting uh you know storyline to follow and i really do hope that they they do something that you know kind of turns around that franchise because paris is a a big city that deserves a a good team or at least one that can compete regularly in the cdl um let's go with this uh dallas so the dallas news was you know, shocking. I instantly got a text message from you and I got a Slack message from Jacob, you know, simultaneously, like, are you on this? Are you on this? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm on this. Uh, I will write about, um, Crim6 and Vivid both being, um, you know, benched essentially because they're not being released. They are restricted free agents, um, which means that neither are free to sign with any team that they want that would be unrestricted uh, free agency so neither of them can do that Uh, they have to be basically sold um, as part of like a buyout deal or traded or something so another team would have to acquire their contract uh, to get them onto their roster um, which happened with uh, Clayster after the 2020 season he had the same deal and he ended up on the subliner so Crim6 and Vivid uh, are apparently not a part of the Empire's future heading into the Vanguard season, uh, but Shotzi and Ily appear to be very much a part of that uh, that future, at least from what we can see. Uh, what did you think? Obviously, I don't think you were even home when this happened, so you were kind of just like, "What? what is going on? Why does this keep happening? Uh, what do you think about this move? What do you think? Um, about just Dallas in general moving forward. Yeah, I was, I was mid-drive when the news broke, and that's why you got the text. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it kind of made sense to me just, like, thinking in, in terms of Dal- solely Dallas here. Um, kind of expected them to make some sort of move 
uh, in the off season, and it would have made sense. Like it felt like Vivid would have been like the odd man out in that situation. He he came in mid season, uh, you know, helped turn their season around and help them, you know, get a couple of top three placings, top two placings, one of the majors too. So, um, they they played well, but um, it it just made sense to me if Dallas was gonna make a change. It feels like you know Shotzi Nilly that they're committed to them especially Shotzi in particular. Um, so it made sense that uh, if someone was going to go, it would have likely been vivid. I was slightly, you know, in, you know, at the time, Friday night, thinking about this, I was kind of shocked, you know, immediate reaction to the crim news. Um, but again, you know, now knowing what we know potentially is going on makes a little more sense. But still, you know, it's just, you know, Krim is one of those guys who's seen so much success in Call of Duty, you know, arguably the most successful Call of Duty professional of all time. And uh, it was a conversation last year for the Empire when they, the league switched back from 5v5 to 4v4. Uh, it felt like the team, you know, at least on the outside, the question was going to be, do you keep Clayster or Krim? You know, because they're both two veteran ARs. Uh, and it felt like they went with Krim because he he felt uh, it seemed like he was just undroppable coming off winning that third uh, world championship, even though Clayster was coming off winning his third and back to back. Tough situation then and again, obviously, you know, other stuff seems to be going on in the background that could lead, have led to this decision to uh, make Krim a restricted free agent. But it will certainly be interesting to see where both of these guys end up. Um, I'm excited to see where Vivid ends up just because I, I feel like he 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 had that breakout. I don't want to I don't know if breakout's the right word, but he showed a lot of Call of Duty fans what he's capable of when he was playing for a bad LA Gorillas team. And then he comes over to Dallas and he's still being that guy like, you know, doing the dirty work playing well in Search and Destroy, setting up his other sub for success. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, submachine gun duo another organization is able to form. Uh, but uh, it'll be really interesting to see where Krim6 ends up because, you know, we already had uh, a lot of storylines with when he was dropped from Optic going to Dallas. Um you know, all that stuff, so maybe we're in for some more, even more storylines with uh, Krim playing against his old team again next season. Yeah, so um, the the roster change was big news uh, by itself, but then to follow it up, um, so we had a Dottie Sports uh, report from Jacob Wolf and Crone. Um, they reported that Envy... NRG, which currently owns the Optic brand, um, and Hex, who uh, is the founder of Optic and uh, has been very much a you know a, a spokesperson of the brand for many years. Um, uh, Dot reported that those parties are discussing a, a deal that, if completed, would see Optic Gaming and the Dallas Empire merge, and then the uh, Chicago Call of Duty League slot would then be sold to a third party and this would effectively end the Dallas Empire brand 
uh, and the Dallas slot would be replaced by Optic, um, probably like Optic Dallas, and um, Envy would then own the Optic brand, which, I mean, they've owned Optic for a long time in the game, but um, it's a little bit different now, I think. Um, so yeah, that that's that's really big news that the inaugural Call of Duty League champions, uh, you know, obviously they'd still be the the CDL champions in 2020, but the the name, the Dallas Empire, um, if this deal does go through because the paperwork hasn't been finalized, so it's not, you know, nobody's put pen to paper and it hasn't been uh, completely pushed through. Um, so if this does happen, it would mean that the Empire would go away um, there would be no Dallas Empire and that it would uh, optic would have the uh, Dallas slot uh, what did you think of this because I just I mean I was stunned but then I was like it makes sense that optic would be open to this and to you know and it, it makes sense why envy would be open to this as well because optic is such a big brand but what did you think yeah, I mean, even before we got this report, just sticking with our chronological order, uh, the Dallas news broke on uh, Friday night, but early on Saturday we got the news to coincide with it that Envoy is an unrestricted free agent. Everybody was like, whoa, because, you know, it seemed like Optic was building him up to be essentially Scump's successor in terms of, like, you know, the content creator to try to uh, have on the rock I, I came out wrong, but uh, you know what I mean. They they were trying to build him up uh, to essentially fill Scump's shoes whenever he decided to retire. Uh, that's what it seemed like at least. And it you know we had talked on the past episode of the pod too, where we were unsure what direction Optics roster was going to go and if they were actually going to make changes. Um, and then we get. Another bombshell with formal effectively announcing he's retiring. Uh, I thought it was important to point out he didn't actually use the word uh, retiring in his announcement. Uh, he's just pursuing other options from competing. Uh, so it, it, it seems like he's retiring. I'm going to, you know, go into content creation and streaming. Uh, but he, you know, didn't straight up say that He's done, so I guess technically we could have like a Brett Favre situation where he decides to come back at a future time. Who knows? Uh, just speculation there. But um, that with those two players off of Optic, uh, we then were in this situation where it seemed like we have Dallas with Shotzi and Illy, Optic with Scump and Dashy, and then we get this report from Crone and Jacob about the potential merger and. That's the interesting part for me is that uh, we could potentially, if this merger goes through, we could see the roster of Shotzi, Illy, Scump, and Dashy competing on whatever uh, finalized name the Dallas franchise would decide to go for for 2022. Yeah, um, the formal thing is it's very sad that you know, he's obviously one of the greatest Call of Duty players of all time. He was on what many people consider to be the most dominant team uh, of all time, that Optic Dynasty. And he was, uh, I mean, he is one of the best ARs in Call of Duty history. I think, it, like, him and Octane, 
Uh, they have been competing as like which one can be better for a long time. And um, it is sad to see Formal, who's uh, even a multi-FPS uh, legend because of his Halo past, um, he's been, he was able to make that transition. It's, it's sad to see him step away, but um, I guess there is optimism among COD fans that um, so he uh, he replied to a Skump tweet, um, and Skump was like saying exploding rounds make me frown. He was playing the Vanguard Alpha, and Formal replied and said, "Yep, good year to skip." And I don't know if that's a I, I'm sure it's not definitive, but maybe he's open to the possibility of returning. Maybe after this year, maybe he wasn't. He, he's not feeling another World War II kind of game because I, I think he said in the past that he hated World War II more than any other COD game um, that he's played. So maybe another um, game in that era doesn't really interest him, um, but we won't really know for a while. Um, and this, this news that Empire and Optic are uh, possibly merging and uh, we're not really merging but like empire is buying out uh, optic from nrg and um making it its franchise uh brand i think that's it's a it's a good thing for call of duty esports that optic will uh you know almost assuredly remain in call of duty esports like the brand itself is a very valuable one uh to cod esports because it's the most recognizable, the most popular, um, and having Hex and Scump involved, especially, would be a major coup for uh, you know Envy, Envy Gaming, or you know whatever the Dallas franchise is, because you know Dallas has their fans from winning the CDL championship in 2020, and just their you know historic legacy in COD esports dating back to like Hastro and Foreplay and Stainville, um, you know those and like jcap and everything like this is by far one of the best and most successful franchises or you know brands in in cod esports so them combining would be uh pretty incredible just to just to see it happen um and then you uh you were the one that um remembered but uh eon which was a thing a long long time ago was kind of like a partnership between optic and envy uh back in like you know 2011 2012 or whatever before optic became this huge competitive force um so there is kind of some history and hastro's you know he seems like pretty good buddies with hex so it just kind of made sense i guess um and if it if it happens it's a it's going to be a really really big deal for the cdl um i don't really know who could buy that chicago slot though because we haven't really heard about potential suitors in terms of the CDL, you know, expansion. Um, uh, I mean, Chicago is a huge market, so there is some potential there. But uh, I have absolutely no idea who could, you know, possibly buy that slot and make it worth anything. Yeah. So um, just to touch on that stuff real quick, um, the Eon partnership. I really, obviously, that was like when I first was getting into competitive Call of Duty, and I wasn't writing at that time, so I really don't know much about it. I just know it was a thing. Um, I would love to, like, actually talk to, like, Castro or someone who was involved at that time 
uh, to learn more about it. But um, I do remember, I think it was on one of Hex's podcasts, I saw a clip or something of of him talking about, like, before um, the energy partnership, there was a possibility of him, like, teaming up with Hastro, you know, bef- even before the inaugural season of the CDL. Um, if I'm remembering that correctly, I'm, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure that's was said. Um, so, you know, and you, like you said, they, they obviously, aside from like Twitter banner and stuff, they seem to be good friends. So um, if, if this merger goes through, it's something that makes sense in and out of the game from a lot of standpoints. Um, but regardless, like you were talking about in terms of the, uh, if the merger goes through the open CDL spot, who could buy it? We have seen... Um, C9 was like teasing stuff on Twitter and obviously we're not sure how serious that is if it's serious at all. Um that would be interesting though if we saw them get back into Call of Duty cuz obviously uh they have a big fan base in League of Legends and other games so um that could potentially be one thing. Um the other thing I saw the other word I saw people talking about was United uh because they were doing that teaser thing on Twitter for a while. It turned out that was just related to the Halo competitive uh, stuff that was announced earlier this week. So, um, doesn't seem like we'll see Unite in the CDL uh, anytime soon, or just right now. But uh, the other org that I feel like people aren't talking about, and is one that I think is interesting, is Rise Nation. Uh, just because we have heard in the past that they are interested in acquiring a spot. Um, and it seems like, you know, if there is no expansion, this is a good opportunity for them to do that if they're serious about trying to enter the CDL. Um, and that would certainly uh, be something that would be very interesting for a lot of reasons to me, just because I, I feel like if Rise were to acquire the spot, uh, they have some previous players they could immediately, like with pre-existing relationships, they could... Uh, potentially decide. I, I feel like if Rise enters the CDL, Looney would be involved in some capacity, whether it be the head coach or assistant coach or however. Um, I feel like he would be involved in some way, shape, or form. And then you have uh, guys like uh, TJ Halley, who uh, I guess jumping ahead a little bit here because he's next on the list, but uh, TJ did announce that he's an unrestricted free agent heading into next year. And then obviously Gunless is a free agent after being dropped by Seattle. Um, so they have rise there are previous rise players who would be available and the team could potentially try to build around if they were uh to acquire this rumored vacated spot. Um, I think Rise would be really interesting and that would be fun just from a, a COD fan point of view. I know that it probably wouldn't bring in the number of eyeballs that say cloud nine would because cloud nine is one of the biggest esports teams in the world just in general or at least in you know the western hemisphere because um they they own i believe the spitfire in the overwatch league and then cloud nine and the lcs is very much well known and um they are like they do have experience in first person shooters I believe they have a few Valorant uh, rosters, and then their CSGO roster, 
I don't know if they even have one anymore, but they were the first North American team to win a major. So um, they do have a lot of American fans. Who knows if it would translate to a CDL, um, you know, a CDL fan base, but uh, it would be an interesting jump. Uh, United, obviously, they were the last um, champions of the uh, the Call of Duty World League, so there is that for them. They have that, and they have many connections, uh, Clayster and Simp and Abizi and, uh, you know, obviously J-Cap and Pristini, Arstis, like all of those players, they're, they have connections too, uh, which would make it a little more interesting. Um, so I'd be down for any of those three. Uh, we don't know. We don't have any uh, leads on like who could possibly be uh, potentially replacing Optic in Chicago, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it if it if anything uh, comes of that. So uh, let's yeah. You already mentioned TJ. Uh, um, he is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, you know, not a big surprise here. He had been benched from the Thieves a few times this season, um, and he did not compete with the team uh, at Champs. And uh, it just seemed like his time had basically run out with the Thieves. It seemed like it was kind of over from there. Uh, and we would imagine that he he was on a one plus one because he was on the OGLA roster last year. And then the Thieves, um, they you know they rebranded the. The slot, so um, you know, he just kind of his contract ran out. It didn't make sense, at least on paper or, or from a fan's point of view, to keep him around because I'm sure he wants to try to start on another team. And I really don't know what the thieves are gonna do in in a free agency because we talked about it that Octane would seem like you know the most logical. Um, logical replacement I guess and, and kind of slot him into this roster because he has that connection with 100 Thieves he's one of the most talented players in the league and now he's an unrestricted free agent we're presuming I don't think uh, he's said anything about being restricted free agent so uh, he can sign anywhere it seems like the Thieves would be a perfect spot for him but then that would lead anyone to believe that slasher would be out of the roster so a lot of things would have to change and um what do you think of tj getting dropped and then uh we can go into this lag stuff right after that yeah uh just one final note again on the optic and dallas stuff that that's all uh reported obviously by uh crone and jacob wolf um i don't know preston will probably leave the link to the report somewhere uh, if you guys want to read that, if you haven't already, uh, but just want to reiterate that that's not officially announced in any capacity. Uh, we're going to have to wait to hear more official news on that in the weeks and months to come if it actually comes to fruition, but certainly just something to keep in mind there uh, as a last note on that potential move. Um, in regards to the Thieves, yeah, like, like you said, makes a lot of sense that uh, TJ is unrestricted free agent. Uh, they weren't using him at the end of the year, so uh, obviously not really, don't really have much of a reason to uh, keep him around. And like you said, us, we were, we're assuming his one plus one was up, so it, it's just a move that uh, we are mentioning because it happened, but it's not necessarily one we're shocked by. Um, and like you said, I agree also that it seems like all indications are that the Thieves want to uh, 
build well at least in this past season it certainly seemed like the thieves were building around kenny um the the big one for the big move for me that you know kind of made me think that is when slasher was originally benched uh earlier in the season it, it kind of you know made it feel like okay now this is basically kenny's team um and it seems like just from what we've seen on social media kenny wants to play with octane again uh, so like you said, in, in that situation, it would probably be safe to assume if Octane does come to the Thieves, that Slasher wouldn't be on the Thieves next year. Um, so that would put another, you know, veteran main AR player on the free, not necessarily a free market because Crim's restricted, but uh, would put another uh, veteran AR leader out there in free agency in some form. So um, we're going to have to keep our eyes on that moving forward to see what's going on and one last thing about the thieves before we go to the gorillas what about hook uh that's kind of he's basically been mia because he didn't get to compete in the stage five major because um you know like he misspelled his name on his covid test and didn't show up on time for the covid test what whatever the story is there um, he wasn't able to compete. He was replaced by Draza on short notice. And then at Champs, they the Thieves just kept rocking with Draza. Um, they were knocked out in the first round of the loser's bracket. So um, we don't really know what's going on with that because we talked about it extensively um, when it happened, when the Thieves made the acquisition to bring in Hook um, and kind of you know shake up their roster even when they were in a good spot. Uh, Nade Shot had said he's kind of a franchise player, like he's one of a kind. You need to, you know, go out and get that player regardless of your current roster's performance. And it seemed to completely screw things up. Um, you know, obviously there are extenuating circumstances. Like it's not just in gameplay that Hook, um, you know, it's not like Hook was just playing so poorly that it caused like all of these problems, but. Uh, the constant roster changes for the Thieves was kind of something that people memed, and I think rightfully because they had nearly 10 roster changes throughout the season. Um, and Hook, he's at one time in Stage 1, early Stage 2, he was seen as a potential most valuable player candidate. Um, he looked like one of the best players in the league, and then he got benched by Dallas and then got traded to LAG. So... Uh, I think he is probably the most underrated uh, player in terms of like, you know, where will they end up? Because we really haven't heard that much about him uh, since he got benched. Uh, but for Draza at the end of the season, um, the Thieves, I don't know if they have faith in him and they're going to keep him on their roster and try to slot him into that starting roster. I mean, that would be on paper, a filthy lineup if it was Octane, Kenny, Hook, and say, um, Traza, or I don't really know who that, uh, that fourth could be. It could be really anybody, um, because there's so much talent in, in the other places, but you would think it would have to be a submachine gun player, so I wouldn't think that Slasher would really fit into that roster if that is. But we really don't know what Hook is going to do uh, or if he's even a restricted or unrestricted free agent. He hasn't really said anything. So it's it's super unclear about, you know, a, 
he's a potential MVP for next year because he has that talent, but who knows where he ends up. So I think that's a really underrated part of the free agency. I'm glad you brought up the Nate Shot tweet because as soon as you started talking about Hook, that's the first thing I just Googled, Nate Shot Hook, so I could get the exact words from the tweet. Uh, but then you kind of summarized it. But he did say Hook on May 4th after Hunter Thieves acquired uh, Hook from Dallas. Nate Shot tweeted, Hook is a generational FPS talent. He will go down as a top 10 player all time when everything is said and done. I truly believe that when a player like that becomes available, you do whatever it takes to sign him. So excited so excited to have him here at LA Thieves. So in the words of Nade Shot himself, if the Thieves decide to move on from Hook going into uh, 2022, uh, when a player like that becomes available, you do whatever it takes to sign him. So we'll see what happens with Hook going forward. Paris is taking furious notes now. Because they they can get him for a discount, maybe. Probably not, but um let's talk about this LAG. Uh they they were definitely the uh, most active in terms of uh roster changes. They released all eight of their players. So they had four on the Call of Duty League roster. Well they had more than four, but the four starting uh starting players for their CDL roster. And then they also released their uh, academy team. They were the only team in the league to field uh, a full academy roster other than the subliners, I believe. So um, one of two teams to actually have an academy team. And um, But, you know, none of the, the eight players will apparently return. So um, just to be clear, it's silly assault mental and apathy that was the starting roster in the call of duty league at the end of the season mental was brought on uh, brought in uh, from the academy roster late in the season and then the academy roster was exceed mox Cheen, and nero um Cheen was uh, up on the main roster the starting roster um at some point during the season after vivid was benched and then vivid got moved to dallas and uh, we talked about him. He's a restricted free agent as well. So um, some big, big changes for LAG, but not that big of a surprise because, I mean, as much as I believed in them when Cheen was on the roster, uh, they were, I think they might have finished last or tied for last in the league, uh, which is not what you want, um, especially with how close they played a lot of the teams at certain points in the season. Uh, it just didn't work out for them uh, in terms of results. So not a huge surprise there. But uh, what what does the future look like for LAG? Because they got a lot of flack for benching Vivid when they did because Vivid was the only player to come over from that 2020 roster for LAG and start in the 2021 season. And then they benched him and kept that former EG trio together and brought in Cheen, which didn't work out for them. So... What does the future look like in your mind for the Gorillas? Yeah, so a lot of questions here surrounding the Gorillas in my eyes. Um, first off, obviously, we the Ego Child podcast is big stands for uh, Money Chain. So, um, Money obviously, <laughs> with with the lack of success with the team uh, throughout the season, not necessarily surprised to see them go this direction. Um, but for me, I know we talked about it just briefly on the last, or maybe two episodes ago when we were talking about the bottom teams before champs. 
uh, and what they could potentially do in Rostermania period. Um, the, the thing that kind of surprises me here is that they're completely releasing mental. Um, I was saying, whenever we did that last time we talked about this, um, I was saying that I could see the gorillas decide to keep mental on board and maybe, you know, send them back down to their academy team if they decided to have an academy team again in 2022. Uh, they, I was expecting them basically to, you know, retain him and send him back down to try and see if he could continue to develop and then maybe give him another chance. Um, but obviously that's just, you know, they're deciding to completely wipe the slate clean and start new in 2022. Um, the big question mark for me revolves around the coaching staff there with uh, Bevels and Ricky. Um, we don't know for sure what was going on behind the scenes at LAG, obviously, but it seemed like um, there there were some questions about like who had what type of say in roster changes and stuff like that um, within the organization and how much of an influence the coaching staff may or may not have had. So that could be something that potentially uh, has an impact on what type of free agents the gorillas are able to go after. Um, for example, just like a name that immediately jumps out to me is Slasher, even though we don't know his situation at the moment. Um, he is a kid from Cali, and you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play for another LA team. Uh, but again, he, he also seems like the type of player, like if he doesn't have a say in roster construction or, you know, potential roster changes, uh, that's probably for, for a guy like him, that's most likely a situation he doesn't want to be in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, what route the gorillas go down. Uh, obviously I, I think, you know, they talked about it on like the flank and stuff like that. It seems like the organization, uh, has money just based on who owns the actual franchise. So uh, it, it seems like this could be a landing spot. I mean, maybe even potentially for Krim if they decide to uh, to splurge and try and go after Krim and build around him. Uh, don't really know. It's still early. But um, definitely excited to see what the Gorillas do after two seasons where uh, they struggled. They're, they're completely just wiping the slate clean and... Uh, gonna try to start new so all eyes will be on that to see what they're able to pull off in the offseason i'm not really sure from a player's perspective but from a fan perspective i think that lag seattle and paris would have the shortest leash of any franchises for a player to go to because like you said if if those players can't have say in who is on that roster, what kind of roster changes are made during the season, that's essentially a deal breaker for, you would presume, any top player in the league. You know, any player that is being offered by multiple franchises, you would imagine that they would choose to go elsewhere if they could have, you know, some some say in who they're playing with. Um, and I... And I think that also LAG and Seattle and Paris, those three teams have been very bad for both of the CDL seasons so far. And I actually looked it up while you were talking. LAG in two seasons in the CDL have a 13 and 41 record in the Call of Duty League. They have the uh, 
fewest combined CDL points in the league. Uh, so they had 50 CDL points last season, different format. It was, you know, more like event-based. Not every team would be at every event, uh, but they finished with 50 CDL points. They were 5-15 and 15 last year. This season, they finished with 100 CDL points. So that is 150 total CDL points. To put it into perspective, um, the fifth place team last season where there were fewer points was the New York Subliners. They had 140 CDL points last season. This season, Atlanta Faze had 525 CDL points in first place. So, you know, it's pretty bad in terms of results for the Gorillas. And I think combine that with this alleged lack of control for players it would be very hard for even Slasher, um, you know, not to say like Slasher's a bad player or anything, but like even a player kind of getting pushed out of their roster, if that is the case, I don't think he would, I think he would say like, I'd rather go to a team that is, you know, not set up as well, but I can actually, you know, do something with this roster, have some control. Um, but I guess we'll see. We don't really know what the future is for Bevels and Ricky. Uh, I believe that Ricky tweeted out. It did seem like he was more kind of like, um, you know, he he was still a part of the team kind of. It, that That's the feeling I got. So maybe the coaching staff will stick around. I do think that they're both good coaches. We've obviously seen Bevels win a world championship. And, um, you know, if they're going back to a World War II type game where it's a little slower paced maybe or – I don't really know what uh, what could happen there, but I I really am interested to see what LAG do. Um, maybe they go a challengers route where they're picking up, you know, f uh, maybe a complete challengers team from this year, uh, or maybe they end up uh, kind of just picking and choosing some of the top challengers players. Um, it, as far as, like, cost effectiveness, that would probably be one of the best moves because... There's not a lot of challengers players that can demand the money that, say, Crim6 or Clayster or Scump, like all these top players, um, they can't demand as much money. So if it's a cost issue, then that's that's the the route that they can go down. We obviously saw the gorillas with, you know, like you were talking about earlier, they were one of the few teams that have an academy team uh, this past year. So obviously... Um, if one organization in particular is going to be, you know, like super focused on the challenger scene in the sense of, you know, they had a team, they likely, or I mean, you would at least hope that they were like watching the matches their teams were playing in, you know, seeing who they were going up against, who in the challenger scene uh, was performing well, all that stuff. You you would feel like the gorillas might have a good idea uh, in that regard. But again, we'll just have to wait and see what goes on. Uh, let's let's talk about this London uh, roster change. So London, the Royal Ravens, they uh, parted ways with Shawnee, Alex, Pollux, uh, Zed, and Shane. Uh, Shane was a part of their coaching staff last year. I think he was temporarily the head coach uh, for London while Dominate was still off in Europe and he couldn't get into the States. So, um, so a lot of changes there for London. But the notable, uh, the notable player that will stay is Afro, um, the really young European challengers player that came into the starting roster late in the season. And uh, he looked to be really talented. Um, we didn't really get to see that much of him because 
Uh, well, London was pretty much out of the running by the time that he got into the roster, so we didn't get to see him in like these very important matchups for them, and he didn't come in until pretty late in the season, so uh, it's not like a Hydra situation where we got to see months and months of him uh, or insight or anything like that. But um, they've obviously seen enough of him. They, um, they, I mean, at least that's what I would assume is that they believe in him and they're going to try to build around him similarly to what LAG did with Vivid last year. Vivid was the only player that, uh, you know, stayed after the 2021 or 2020 season. And it looks like uh, London will do the same with Afro going into the 2022 season. Um, and then Crone, he tweeted, so at in, Intel Call of Duty, he tweeted last week, said that London Royal Ravens are likely headed in a full European direction based around uh, Afro, which could come as no surprise to anyone. And then this was before uh, the roster changes. So um, the fact that Afro does seem to be the player that they're building around would seem to kind of support uh, Crone's report there, but we don't really know if they will uh, follow through with that all-European lineup. Um, what do you think of this move and uh, London's decision to um, apparently build around Afro? I I like it. Um, like you said, limited sample size from Afro in the actual CDL, but, you know, you know he popped off and the chances he was given, and he looks like... Uh, he could be a bright star for London, so it makes sense. Um, it is worth noting that last year after the NW season, uh, London did something similar, not comparing Afro and Shawnee here, but uh, London did decide to like release everybody except, from, except for Shawnee, um, and then they, they went from there. They re-signed Dylan, who was on the team. So, like, they didn't really get rid of everybody, but they kind of did, and then they kept Shawnee. Uh, so it's kind of similar uh, in that regard that, that, you know, again, they're deciding to release most of the team, but they are keeping. Looks like Bink might have cut out. Um, but, yeah, they're going to – are you back? Hello? Yeah. You just froze. It, you froze after you were saying keeping. Oh, so what did you hear? Basically, like they're they're building around Afro, and that they had uh, like last season they kept Shawnee, and then they resigned Dylan and and Alex and everything. So, um, I mean, yeah, I was just bringing that up. This yeah. uh, like this is technically the second straight year where we've seen them not do a complete fire sale or, or squad wipe as people are calling it now um but they have have kept one person and then gone from there so not surprising to see them go down that route again um what i was starting to say was that uh paul x is the interesting uh release to me because it seemed like he was performing well and uh he's another player who could be an up-and-coming star uh if he continues to play at the level we've seen from him but obviously with the report that London might be going down uh, the route of an all-European roster, it makes sense if that's true that, you know, Paul X uh, doesn't fit the criteria there. So uh, I will be interested to see if Paul X finds a spot on another CDL team. I think he earned it based on uh, the way he performed throughout this past season, but we'll just have to wait and see. And London has all these options because uh, there are really no shortage of um, European players that they could pick from. Uh, 
even English players specifically and challengers you have uh, so the the European team that won the the European challengers finals this season was Gizmo, Harry, Nasty, and Vortex. So four English players. Um, there's also like Bids and Denza and all these other players. They don't really even need to stick with uh, like an all English lineup because um, there's really no no need. So uh, if they're going all in for all European lineup and they kind of want to do what we're saying Paris should do, then they have a lot of options and it'll be exciting to see if uh, who they're able to to pluck out of challengers or if there's a I mean there are a lot of um, I mean Toronto has a lot of European players so who knows like you never know what contracts are up and who's able to stick with who so um, should be pretty interesting to see what London ends up doing this this offseason. Just real quick, though, uh, just because you mentioned him, Nasty is a guy in particular that I would be excited to see. Um, I obviously am not super tuned in to the European amateur scene, uh, but I know London signed him as a sub during the Modern Warfare season, and I was hearing a lot of good things about him then, and I was excited to see him potentially make his debut. It never happened. He was released, and then we went through this season. Apparently, as you were just saying, he saw success in EU challengers. So uh, no surprise there based on what we've heard. And it would be interesting to see him potentially get a shot in the CDL. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait. Yeah, he had a lot of success uh, in challengers, in European challengers because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, last season we saw, you know, a first the, the first few challengers opens being like anybody can come. Uh, but because of the pandemic, it... It was basically just region specific and uh, he had a lot of success there. So maybe a, a sign of good things to come for him and maybe he'll get back into the CDL and able to actually contribute. Um, methods, his his tweet, uh, his tweets were a little odd um, in terms of like really what was actually happening with him because he tweeted on August 29th that he is an unrestricted free agent uh, he said that he wanted to thank the Ultra for everything they've helped him do. Um, he's still exploring options with them, but they have agreed to let him explore all other options as an unrestricted free agent. And then there was a another tweet uh, a little bit after that, and he said, just to clarify, I'm still signed to the Toronto Ultra. They're allowing me to explore the market as an unrestricted free agent and are willing to transfer me to another team without hassle. They've been incredibly helpful and accommodating during this period. So he's not an unrestricted free agent, but just to be clear, like he, they are, uh, he's essentially one because Toronto is not going to impede him from signing with another team. But it appears that they are uh, still very much in control of his contract and that he is still signed to Toronto. So he is a restricted free agent, uh, even if they are being very accommodating uh, in you know whatever team he ends up on. But uh, he, yeah, just to be clear, he is a restricted free agent from what he is telling us. Uh, but what do you think that Toronto, uh, or I guess first, like what do you think of methods because he did get benched um, pretty early in the season and the team had a lot of success afterwards. So it's not like a, a vivid situation where he gets benched and then this team kind of struggles and 
everybody's kind of looking at, you know, Mark E.B. and the Toronto front office and saying, like, what the hell are you doing? Um, it seemed like a pretty good move for them considering they got to champs grand finals. So what do you think about methods and, and where he could end up? And, and maybe what do you think about uh, Toronto in general, what direction they go with their roster? Yeah, the uh, no Zenny, no Winnie uh, camp was kind of down bad after quiet. Uh, immediately after the uh, stage two major. But now, uh, all seriousness, I think Method is a really solid player. Um, he just happens to be in you know that like main assault rifle role where, in most cases, teams only have one main AR with only twelve teams in the CDL. There's only twelve spots, and if you don't get one of those twelve spots, you're on the outside looking in. Um, I, obviously there are openings on some teams with, with teams, you know, like Paris, Seattle and LAG, LAG doing squad wipes. Um, there, there are some openings and those organizations could elect to, uh, you know, potentially sign methods and try to build a team around him. Um, that's something that I would, obviously I would like to see. Uh, methods back in the league because I think he's an exciting player. He's a really cool personality. Um, he's a funny guy overall, so he could help with content creation too. Uh, but it's just, you know, in a position, like I was just mentioning, that main AR position, you now have, have Krim being a restricted free agent. Uh, Octane is technically, or Octane is a free agent uh, right now. Um, if Octane goes to Thieves, then Slasher is likely a free agent. So, you know, there, there are, uh, you have accuracy with Minnesota. He would most likely be a restricted free agent if Minnesota decides to stick. We haven't really heard anything from Minnesota yet, so that's just speculation. Uh, but the point is there's a lot of um, solid veteran ARs who are, are looking for teams, and only so many of them are going to be able to land a spot. So, um I feel like uh, for methods, we're, we're going to have to wait and see exactly what happens for him. But um, in terms of Toronto, we also don't really know exactly what's going on with their main roster. Um, I personally, I, I know I mentioned it, I think, during the, the Champs episode that I would be surprised if uh, they decided to split up and go their separate ways. Uh, but we don't really know for sure what's going to go on with them. It would be surprising for Toronto to split up that roster that just finished second at Champs. Um, but we saw last season that the only team that didn't make a roster change in the offseason um, was Dallas. I mean, I'm not counting just like completely removing a, a player, but like Dallas did not, uh, you know, bring in anybody to start on their roster in the offseason. Everybody else did, including FaZe, who. Uh, you know, they had Priesta and Major Maniac on that roster last season when, you know, they did really, really well. They were the number one seed heading into champs. They get to the grand finals. They uh, ultimately lose to the Dallas Empire in the grand finals of 2020 championship, but um, still second place. They were probably the best team all year in terms of performance, but they made that change and they got rid of Priesta and Major Maniac. They brought in Arsides, and now they're world champions, and they are by far the best team this year. Uh, their situation is you know, pretty obviously different than Toronto's because 
Atlanta has Abizi and Simp who are, you know, you know, I think one A and one B is like the best players in the league, at least at, at their very peak. Uh but Toronto has a lot of good young talent. Bance is, you know, the old man of the group, I guess, because he's been around for a while. He's the vet, he's, you know, now definitely the uh probably the most accomplished European player of all time. And but you but you then you have Cammy who has kind of come onto the scene in the last few years, and then Kleenex and Insight. I mean, I, I think the first time that we ever uh, heard about Kleenex was at Champs uh, in Black Ops 4, and he kind of had his breakout event, and he was able to parlay that into becoming a part of the Toronto Ultra. So that's a great spot for him. Uh, and Insight, he showed that he is possibly one of the best players in the entire league, same with Cammy. Um, but Insight, you know, comes in after the beginning of the season and is by far the most effective rookie, at least in that time period, um, along with Hydra. So they have a really good and it seems like a very cohesive lineup, which is the most important thing. Uh, it's not really about like all of this raw talent. Like they don't need to go get, you know, Hook and Octane and everything. Like they can probably stick with this roster and have a lot of success next year but it's also hard when you haven't won that championship and you're still looking to win that championship maybe they will end up making a change just to kind of try to improve that roster if they can't improve it um and then that's kind of it for toronto and then the last uh thing that we have in terms of roster mania at least for now i'm sure we will get more in the coming week if if they keep up this pace i mean roster mania should be over rather quickly um because i mean this was a lot of moves in seven days or eight days or whatever but um diamond con he announced that he is an unrestricted free agent um so uh he can freely sign with any other team and i think that uh he he improved his stock he is obviously now a known commodity in the cdl he came in even at uh at the end of the season when clayster uh had his little sabbatical and he was not playing with the subliners diamond con was able to come in and contribute to that subliners team so that's a really big uh big thing for him um what did you think about diamond con just like his rookie year and now uh him going forward yeah, I think, you know, tough situation for him. Uh, we mentioned it on maybe it was the Champs preview episodes or two ago or something. Uh, just, you know, briefly mentioning it, it was a tough spot for him. Kind of, I, I personally kind of feel bad uh, for him in regard to not getting to perform at either Champs because of the situation with Clayster. Uh, him having to come in to the main New York roster meant he missed Challengers Champs and then Clayster replaces him for actual COD champs, and he doesn't get to play there either. So uh, that's definitely, like, a, uh, you know, somber ending to a, a bright rookie season for him. Uh, he certainly had his moments where uh, he showed he can hang around, but um, at this time, this is a move. Not too surprised to see him be in free agency. Um, I'm not sure if we'll actually see him immediately back in the CDL next year. Uh, but again, at this point, uh, who knows what's going to happen with some of these guys. 
Um, that does it for the roster mania, the confirmed changes. Um, real quick, I just wanted to touch on these rosters since we didn't really get to talk about them because they haven't really made any changes. Uh, Florida. So really, we don't know what's going to happen with Florida. You would imagine that they would try to keep Awakening and Skies together because they seem like two stars and they can do something. But um, really, I don't know what can be done about their roster. Maybe the Envoy is a... I don't really know. Like I, I want to put a bunch of these uh, players together, but then you're like, will Envoy be able to make a huge difference because you know, Awakening and Skies are both guys that can really slay the, how to, uh, slay the hell out of any team. So I don't know if adding another player that has that ability, maybe they turn into like a little optic where it's just they just completely wipe teams off the map by slaying power. But um, I was also thinking about Envoy for the subliners, but I don't know what kind of role he could slot into if they ended up uh, keeping Clayster and Hydra um, because those would seem like the most logical players to keep. But we don't really know if Clayster will end up on New York, if he's, I don't know what his contract situation is because he was obviously traded to New York. So, um, and then Minnesota, like you mentioned with uh, accuracy, he's on the bench for Minnesota and they have attached Priest of Major Maniac and Standy. Standy, who came in in the middle of the season. Um, I guess just what do you think about these rosters? Uh, what are some maybe possible moves or directions that they could go in to make their teams better? Yeah, um, I think. Uh... For Florida, just because uh, that's where you started. Uh, the Envoy move would be interesting if they, you know, let's just say, for example, they decided to keep Skies Awakening and uh, Neptune and then uh, have Envoy replace Havoc. That could be an interesting move. Uh, just it feels like, you know, Envoy was kind of like the in-game leader for Optic last year, and uh, you know that could be something we we did see in moments last year. Havoc was trying to fill that leadership role for Florida, um, but Envoy could potentially be an upgrade in that department, so that would be something interesting. Um, but unlike what you said about like Florida ne necessarily keeping Skies and Awakening together, I'm not sure if that's exactly the direction they'll go in. I could certainly see it being a possibility, but. Um, it, it could come down to a situation where they decide, I, I feel like they will want to keep Neptune around to continue building around him. Uh, also, just based on contracts, it's most likely that he signed a 1 plus 1 and they would choose to just extend his plus 1. Um, so I, I feel like Neptune's going to stick around. And then it comes down to whether they want to keep both Skies in Awakening or if they just want one of them to be the main AR and potentially move on from the other one and then look for two. Um, whatever direction they go in, I think I think they're in a good spot where they can, you know, they have options. It's not like um, necessarily, you know, how do I want to put this? It's not like they're in a situation where they're, they're starting from scratch, right? I feel like they, they have some solid young players to build around. It's just gonna, someone's going to have to make the, a tough call in terms of exactly what direction they want to go in with the team and who they want to keep and who they're going to move on from. So uh, we're going to have to keep our eyes on Florida um, to see what they decide to do. 
Uh, with you mentioning New York, though, um, another interesting name uh, that I could see just now thinking about it fitting with Florida would be ASIM. If New York decides to move on from ASIM, I could see uh, a world where uh, Florida goes with, you know, like Sky's Awakening, Neptune, and ASIM stepping into that uh, leadership role there. Um, he he's we, we've talked praises for asim you know had a rough year uh in terms of like personal stuff uh you know all the obstacles with uh new york as, as a team all, all that's in the past now gotta look forward to 2022 but um you know i i think asim really turned some heads this last year um and I, I personally was impressed with what I saw out of him. So uh, that that's another name we're going to have to look out for to see, you know, if New York decides to keep him or if he becomes available, what team decides to uh, give him another opportunity. That would be certainly interesting. But um, I agree. Similar to the Neptune situation with Florida, I feel like New York is in a spot where uh, – with Hydra's contract, they would most likely be in a situation to extend his plus one and retain Hydra for 2022, and then becomes a question of what they do uh, with the rest of the roster around him. And then lastly, we got Minnesota. Minnesota is a very interesting case because they won the Stage 5 major. They're one of the few teams to have actually won a major this season, and then um, you know they lost to, I believe, the Ultra uh, champs, so they you know, they were bounced early by a team that eventually went to the grand finals of champs and has been, you know, one of the best teams. Um, you know, they were one of the best teams in the league. But Minnesota make that late run. They didn't look like anything other than a middle-of-the-road team for a good part of the season, even after uh, eliminating Optic at the, at the one major with Accuracy's Clutch. Um, and... Then they come on and they're one of the best teams at the very end of the season. What do you think happens with this roster? Because Major Maniac was, you know, a part of the starting lineup in the beginning, and then he was benched, and then he was brought back into the starting lineup, and Standy was brought in uh, as a, you know, as a signing in the middle of the season. So, what do you see happening for the Rocker in the off season? I wouldn't be surprised if we see this exact Minnesota roster stick around and uh, run it back for the start of Vanguard, um, especially, you know, similar to like what we've just been talking about with Neptune and Hydra from a contract perspective, seems like Standy will almost assuredly be on Minnesota next year. Um, then just becomes a question of what they're going to do around him. Um, we have heard from, uh, multiple players, I feel like that uh, they've won, they've expressed in, expressed interest in the past in playing with Priesta. So, depending on his contract situation, he could have offers, or teams could you know try to trade for him and stuff. I know, like the Thieves, uh, just for example, it pops out to me uh, that some of those guys liked playing with Priesta, so maybe they would be interesting in trying to reunite him. But I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota just stuck with this roster that you know ended the season there with attach sandy priesta and major maniac um the one thing i could see is maybe they go for an on paper ar upgrade maybe like slasher in for major maniac is something they would try to do 
Uh, not really sure. Obviously, I really like Major Maniac as a player. He's, you know, super strong in S&D, which I obviously enjoy watching. Um, and he does his job in the respawn. So um, I'm not sure if they would actually want to, you know, make a change. And like I said a couple minutes ago, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Um, but for me, I guess it just comes down to accuracy. Uh, what exactly happens with him. And, you know, I feel like if uh, Minnesota goes down the route where they're saying they want to keep on trying to build on this most recent success, you know, especially Stage 5 major, uh, the winning roster there, uh, I feel like we would see accuracy be moved uh, off this team and potentially uh, giving one of these other organizations uh, another veteran AR option in free agency. Uh, before we go, I just want so these five players I think are the the top five players that are confirmed, you know, restricted or unrestricted free agents at the time at at the moment. Um, so you know, correct me if you don't think these are the top five, but I said Crim Six, Vivid, Envoy, Octane, TJ, in no order really, like um, just the top five uh, free agents at the moment. Um, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on. You don't really need to go into too much depth with these, but predict where they end up. Where do you think at the end of Roster Mania these five players will ultimately be in the CDL or if they're not in the CDL? I mean, that's tough. Um, I'll just, I guess for the purposes of the exercise here, I will just stick to these names that you got here. Um, Krim, Vivid, Envoy, Octane, and TJ. Um, I feel like, well, I I think the easy answer here is Octane to LA Thieves. I, I feel like that's just something a lot of people are expecting. Um, and then if we go from there with LA Thieves, presuming it would be Octane, Kenny, and Draza, they would then be looking for a sub. And both Vivid and Envoy stand out to me as options. Uh, for the sake of this, I'll go with Vivid there to LA Thieves because I think that would be, you know, something interesting. It would give uh, the Thieves would be in a position where, depending on the game, uh, Kenny or Draza could run the sub. Uh, and then the other would be like the Flex, second AR. So uh, they would have a guy like Vivid running in front of them. And then whoever is on that second sub could be more of that slaying sub uh, with Vivid doing the dirty work. So um, I'll go with that um, for the fake ex roster building exercise. Um, I guess in this situation, I'll say Envoy to Florida just because uh, we were just talking about that. And that's something interesting. And it's an easy answer where I don't really have to think about it too much. Um, I will say... The, the one thing, hmm, I really don't know where Krim goes. Um, it would certainly be interesting if Krim also went to the Thieves instead of uh, Octane, and then you have this, you know, Krim on the Thieves going up against Optic slash Dallas potential merger there. Uh, that would be one hell of a storyline, but I can't keep saying the Thieves here. I don't really know where I would pick Krim to go then because I don't really see him going to LAG, Paris, or Seattle. Um, 
maybe nah, I, I'm not, I mean I guess he could technically go to New York and play with Clayster if if Clayster uh is still on New York too and then they would have two the, the that duo would be reunited and they would have two main ARs again though uh, so that would kind of be a risky move, just because we don't really know what the Vanguard meta is going to be yet. Um, so I don't really know, and I'm and I'm not sure exactly where TJ would end up. But you know, I I did three out of five, so it's your turn. Um, I agree with you. We talked about the Zoctane to Thieves. I think that's the I don't want to say like the most obvious, but or it is the most obvious destination for him, just because of his past with the Thieves and his past with like Kenny and. Um, in the organization. So I think Octane to LAT um, is probably the most likely of any of these. And I think that Envoy would also be on LAT. Um, so, you know, you said Vivid, right, would, would go to LAT. I think Envoy because I believe that the roster going into the 2020 season, uh, the Seattle roster, was going to be something like Arcity's Envoy, Octane, and like slacked and someone else or whatever um so i think that i mean if they were planning on teaming back then i would see no reason why uh you know envoy would that'd be a great uh landing spot for him he goes from optic to lat so like big fan base uh follows him probably um and he's able to play with what would likely be the best roster on paper if it was Kenny, Octane, uh, Envoy, and who's this other player that I'm completely forgetting? Kenny, Octane. Are you keeping draws on the team? Yeah, I, I guess you would. Um, I mean, they seem to have a lot of faith in him, and he he performed yeah. pretty well. And you kind of you need like a glue guy, and he seems like he's willing to do whatever it takes to kind of win. So I think Draza would be a good option. Um, as far as Vivid, I think that he would fit pretty well in Florida um, because especially if they're going to try to keep Big Wake and Skies together, he could probably just replace Havoc and that roster is pretty good. Like he's, I think he was officially the fastest player in the league in terms of just like the engagements and like, you know... Um, you know, getting into the hill and everything. So uh, if you need like an Ibiza type player, I think Vivid is a good option for um, for Florida. For Crimsix, I was thinking Florida, but then it would kind of be like, does Skies are Awakening, like who does he replace? So I'm actually going to go with LAG. And he's like, I think it was the three teams I was thinking for Crim were Seattle, LAG, and Florida. The reason for Florida was just like he, like that is the best roster available other than like LAT probably, um, that like he could probably slot into, but it doesn't really make sense from a roles perspective. With Seattle, he's from Seattle, and I would assume like any player or like, you know, he's probably one of the only players in the CDL that if. Seattle was looking for someone to kind of build the roster and be like almost like a coach player. Um, I think Crim6 would be the perfect option because he doesn't really take any shit, so he would probably be able to you know control the roster as he pleases. 
uh, and he would be pretty outspoken if he wasn't given that control. Uh, but I think LAG makes the most sense because they do have a, a, a like an actual coaching staff right now, and I think they could probably afford him. And I don't know if Seattle would be willing to spend the money to get Krim Six on their roster, but I think LAG would be willing to do that because they've already shown that they're willing to invest into an academy roster and you know invest in like more players than anybody else so I think LAG would uh, be willing to get him and I believe the only other one would be TJ and I don't think he is on a CDL roster when the 2022 season starts I think his stock fell a lot in in 2021 and probably not um, I don't think that's like a fair assessment of his talent because there were just so many changes with LAT that I don't think any player could really, you know, I don't think any player could succeed uh, to their best abilities in that, um, in that environment. But I mean, if any team, it would probably be, it'd probably be LAG. Like it'd be interesting to see TJ and Krim back together just to see how they interact because they're, they're pretty comical. Uh, playing with each other but um yeah it would have to be one of those bottom teams like paris which i think paris i guess paris would if any team it would be probably paris because i mean who are they really going to get so maybe tj at the very least could get on paris's lineup or seattle's but um i'll officially go with no team no cdl team at the start of the 20 season i feel like we will see tj on a cdl roster at the start of the season, it's just going to be like, he's not going to be one of the players that um, one of these teams like immediately builds around. Like he'll be like one of the players that might get like plugged in later. Once it's, you know, the team starts to form. Mm -hmm. That's how I just feel like at least um, like we mentioned earlier in a world where rise nation gets a CDL spot here, uh, that would potentially be a spot where, you know, TJ could immediately slot into a lineup just with that pre-existing relationship with the organization. Um, but yeah, like, like I, I just feel like with TJ, it's going to be uh, one of the later pickups in the offseason if he does get on a starting roster for 2022. Uh, it's not going to be one that we hear about, you know, in the immediate future, at least, you know, I don't see that happening right away it'll be one where like some of these rosters start to develop and they decide to like build around certain guys and then those guys are like okay let's get you know a submachine gun player who's good in snd uh let's give tj a shot so who knows yeah i think that is a a good assessment of you know where he is at um he's likely going to be a free agent for a little bit i would expect so uh, we'll we'll see what happens with him. We'll see what happens with all of these players. I mean, that is not a complete list because you would have to imagine that if Octane goes, then Slasher is a, is suddenly a free agent. Uh, if that's not the case, then probably Draza or Hook become free agents. It, there's a lot to really uh, unpack over the the entire offseason, but we're just in week one. We, I guess we're starting week two of Roster Mania, but um, a lot to happen, a lot to update um i mean the vanguard alpha just came out um over the weekend and players uh you know the cdl players and fans they were getting their chance to 
kind of test out the game as a PlayStation PlayStation exclusive. So um, I guess there was I I don't want to say it was like a lukewarm reaction, but there just definitely wasn't as much excitement about the alpha as um, you know previous alphas. So uh, I don't know if that's a good sign for the 2022 season and the competitive um, cycle, but I guess we'll see. Um, uh, do you have anything else before uh, I do the outro? Talk about the alpha too much, but just to get this off my chest, uh, the alpha was PlayStation exclusive, like you mentioned, and a lot of people don't have PS5s, so they're playing it on their old PS4s. I feel like that might have attributed to the uh, lackluster experience that some people were having. Uh, I didn't play too much of the alpha myself, but uh, the few games that I did play on PS5, I I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, I felt, you know, we were talking in the Twitter chat, uh, I felt like the time to kill was a little fast. Uh, But again, this is an alpha, so a lot can change before November 5th when the game actually drops. Uh, the big date is going to be when we have uh, September 7th, I believe, is the multiplayer reveal. And then the weekend of the September 10th is going to be when the PlayStation exclusive beta starts. Um, so that'll give us more of uh, a better taste of what we can expect to see in the CDL, I feel like, in 2022. Especially because this Champion Hill mode, it's a cool idea, but we're not going to see it in the CDL. This, this, it's a pub mode, so... Um, I think we got to pump the brakes on any negativity uh, with Vanguard at this point. You know, give give a give it a shot at least in, in the beta. Let's see if anything's a little different. Um, but yeah, that's all I got on the alpha. <laughs> I guess I'll play it once in November and then completely shelve the uh, PlayStation. So uh, I'm not gonna comment too much on it. I will try to play the beta, but who knows i mean i that means i would have to set up my ps4 and i'm pretty lazy so i don't know if that's gonna end up happening so uh we'll see um but yeah that does it for our first roster mania uh episode of the off season um hopefully a lot more to come we uh we thank you for listening this was a pretty fun episode because we did this was the first one that we didn't have any kind of event or you know matches to talk about so this was completely just based on like you know speculation and rumors and reports so uh, a little bit of a different episode hope you guys liked it uh make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on follow or subscribe um we're on apple podcast spotify google podcast pretty much all the uh big po- podcasting platforms make sure to give us a five-star rating on apple podcast Follow us on Twitter. He's at jbank with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers, and the podcast Twitter is at Ego Chow Podcast. Uh, we update the, our uh, listeners on when we're actually doing this podcast because off season's kind of weird. There's no set schedule. We don't really know when uh, Optic is going to announce that they've dropped Scump and picked up Sensor and um, they've added Nade Shot to the roster. We don't know when that will happen, but when it does happen, we will be uh at we'll be on twitch.tv slash ego child podcast and we'll be in your audio feeds um telling you why uh sensor will eventually win a world championship despite uh barely being able to compete in challengers but um yeah follow us on twitter the next show will hopefully be within a week um but uh the best the best option is just to follow us on twitter we'll update you whenever 
we know when we're going to do a podcast. Uh, wish Bink luck in uh, his softball championship game tomorrow. Uh, hopefully a few big home runs uh, or singles uh, at least get on base would be preferable. Um, so, yeah, that, that does it. Bink, take it away. Save the daggers uh, for the end here, huh? <laughs> um, nah, but as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Like Preston said, not going to really have a set schedule in the off season. Uh, but if the off season is anything like the regular season, um, potentially a lot of announcements could happen tomorrow because it felt like uh, during the season that a lot of news would drop immediately after we did an episode. So who knows what's going to happen, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and you can look forward to hearing from us. Uh, again, whenever some more Roster Mania news drops. So, yep, that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, remember to send the chow.